Hi, welcome to Lambert Park Church. Our vision is life with God for the world. Our mission is to invite everyone to follow Jesus with us through redemptive community, intentional discipleship, and everyday mission. We're so glad you're here. Stay tuned for the podcast coming right up. Um, on that note, I'm going to invite you guys up, I think. And, and Mark DeLeu and Aaron Broxma, come on up and join us. Um, and they'll set up while I explain what's happening. Let me put this here. Oh, man. I, I, I met someone this morning. Uh, they came in, and I looked over and thought, who is that? And then a couple minutes later, I realized who they were. I'd never seen them without a mask on. That's the weird thing. I'm in that strange spot, like many of you, where kind of coming back, and I've been away, and some people have finally taken off their masks, and, and um, in shock, relearning faces. Okay, let me get myself sorted. I apologize. So, um, back in the fall, the elders had... Um, said it was time uh, for me to take a sabbatical this spring, and that was a, a, such a gift um, to have a season to put down the expectation output of my life with God and just have a season to, to be with God, to, to savor His grace each day without a question of how does this translate to next Sunday's ministry or this leadership initiative, and just receive what God had for me, and I'll share more of that over the next season as I make sense of it all. But in it really felt uh, encouraged by some people to embrace the sabbatical as not just a season of God's ministry for me, but what God would want to uniquely do here in the life of the body. And I started getting excited uh, about the possibilities. Um, and this idea of a series on the fruit of the Spirit, wow, it's a very straight line. Um, can we like bend it a smidge just to make it feel like a little bit more family, living room-ish? Yeah, I like that. Um, the idea of a series on the fruit of the Spirit. So I just want to introduce why, for me, um, why would do this series? One is, this is what God is seeking to grow in all of us. This is just all the time. God is wanting to grow us in the image of Christ. So it's, it's core. It's core. Um, second, we, if you're a follower of Jesus, you want to grow in Christ. So this is something that meets what all of our hearts ache for and also ache over when we find in ourselves um, rotten things, not, not the fruit of the Spirit. Um, third, I was just struck with more and more, I think we all feel, the world needs to see the church living in Jesus. There are too many stories, both high-profile people and everyday followers of Jesus who maybe are no longer followers of Jesus because of examples of Christians who have not represented the character, the life of God that we see in Jesus, described for us in the fruit so it felt like, yeah, this just matters. We need this, uh, and we need, uh, um, we need it. God wants it. Uh, the world needs it. But also, it felt like, ah, oh, I think this is something I could pull a group of people in. I think this would be doable, because uh, it's ordinary. It's, it's, you don't have to have a, a theological training. You just have to be a follower of Jesus, and you have some interaction with the fruit of the Spirit or wrestling over it. Um, it's... It's something that relates to all of us and our shared life. This isn't just like a solo thing, right? The fruit of the Spirit are about our life together, how we are these things toward one another, so it matters that we share it together. And I kind of felt like it's summer, at least part of this is, and all of us are going to slip away 
at times, or bail, or just have some other things happening. And the series could, each of the messages could kind of stand on their own. I, I suspect all of us have, I hope you've listened to some, maybe you've missed some. I've listened to four of them in the last week. Uh, the first four, so Aaron's introduction, framing the series, and then uh, Lewis did love, and Siobhan spoke on joy, and Lauren spoke on peace. I just listened to Lauren's as I was cleaning the house yesterday. Uh, it's my time to put uh, earbuds in. Um, and so different, such different people telling their own, their own experience of God and unpacking teaching in different ways and bringing bits of themselves into it. And then Carly spoke on patience, Sue spoke on kindness, John on goodness, Shayla on faithfulness, Lucy on gentleness, and Mark uh, concluded last week on self-control. And I'm excited to listen to the rest. I haven't heard them yet. But it's a gift to listen to the body. And I hope that you felt that this, this season, that it hasn't just been, oh, Scott's away, but this, but, oh, Shayla's up. I want to get to know her. Oh, John. John, John says he's been here for three years, but I don't know him yet. I can't wait to hear him. And Mark, we haven't seen Mark in forever. So what's he doing? And, uh, and, and how is God uniquely at work? I, I love this opportunity for us to hear the body. I look forward to more. So that's why we did this series. Some of, at least that's what I told the team when I pulled them together. And then Mark uh, had this idea of let's end the series by not just jumping onto what's next, but pausing, lingering, maybe... Uh, pulling back some of that, the best fruit, not the best sermons, uh, but the best fruit, most needed, or digging deeper, or following some rabbit trails that haven't been. So is that a good introduction, Mark? Did I meet with your hope? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Use the mic. Yeah, and, and because uh, Matt and Amy were here joining us this morning, we thought this would be a fabulous opportunity to rope them in as well, for you to hear a little bit more about who they are. Um, so thank you for being here with us as well. Um, so we got some questions, um, and let's just let's dive into them. I had I, I wanted to add a whole bunch more, and I wanted to stop and walk around with microphones and ask you questions. I do want to just throw one thing out to you as we start: is I want to invite you as we do come to the close of this and shift gears into some other things. God has spoken, I suspect, to so many of you through this series. There is a message. There is a person who stood on this platform. And that was a day when you heard God's voice. And I just want to encourage you, go back to that. Um, maybe God said something to you that you have already forgotten and you need to take it to heart again. Or maybe God spoke to you a, a directive word of, you need to turn from this and pursue this. And I just want to call you to go back to that because where God speaks, life comes when we say yes. So let's listen and let's say yes. All right. All right, so we'll start just with, like, let's, let's just drill down the starting point of why does this matter? What is, what is the point of the fruit of the Spirit? Um, let's, let's remind ourselves a bit and maybe dig into that. Um, why does God want the fruit? Why does God want to grow this in us? Why does that matter? Whoever wants to jump in and start, do it. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think when I was praying through this, it's, it's his heart is ever to change us more and more like Christ. And so if we're not growing like Christ, are we exemplifying the spirit in us? And also when the kingdom comes, it's here, not yet. Like, how can I look 
at the face of my Lord and say, I didn't grow in patience because I wasn't gifted enough patience. <laughs> um, so I just think it's my ethical life responsibility. If mm. I believe in the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, Holy mm. Spirit, Father God, I, mm. it's my imperative that I must do this. Mm. But do it in joy because I get to taste the kingdom now when I'm living in the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Great start. Thank you. Others, go for it. I just, um, my life experience has shown me uh, from personal experience and from looking at others that relationships are incredibly difficult. Um, they're, they're challenging and they're feisty and they're fun and they're all over the map. And when you're relating with other people, you, um, you can only bring what you bring and the other person brings what they bring and you can't control them and uh, you can try to manipulate them. That never seems to go very well. Um, but relationships are hard. And so as I, as I think of the fruit of the Spirit, I just think this is God's way to say, here you go. I want to help you out a little bit because I know how challenging relationships can be. And, and this is going to help you in your relationships in every way. So as I think of, um, you know, Jesus being quizzed, uh, what, what's the most important thing of life? He's saying, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's like, okay, that, the, the foundation of that, if that's what life's about, that's relationships. And sometimes I think, as Christians, it's, we sometimes think, okay, I need to love God, and then I need to love neighbor. And it's like, love neighbor is kind of this thing that we do to them. We, we kind of, I'm loving you. And... and it's almost like we somehow can make love non-relational, right? It's not how we receive. It's not how we relate. It's not how we, you know, Jesus just was like with people. And he would have personified all of the fruit of the spirit. And I just think, what would it have been like to be hanging out with Jesus who exemplifies love and joy and peace and patience and all of them? Like, wow, and, and if that's, if he is giving us this fruit as the gift of his spirit, saying, do you want this? Receive it. This is for you. It's like, how does that not completely transform our relationships every day? Not just in the body, not just with God, not just me and Jesus, but like at work and at play and with our neighbors and with like, how are all of the people around us seeing Jesus in us? And I think it, it comes right down to this. It's the fruit of the spirit. It, it's, it's not if we're swearing or not or how much alcohol we're having in a week or whatever. We, we still need self-control. We need all those things, for sure. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. But this is like ground-level foundation. This is what matters. And, and God is saying, I want to give this to you. I want to help you. Because without this, you're, you're not going to... I mean, even with this, it's hard, right? But without this, like, you're, you're not going to do well in your relationships. And relationships are what matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, like, uh, recently with university, we've been doing, or we did the Genesis camp, and we were talking about Genesis 1 to 3, and, you know, you get to Genesis 3, and the question is, like, well, why didn't people actually die? Like, there's supposed to be death that comes, and you're like, no, look, there's death in the relationship. 
There's death uh, between the, the relationship between the people. There's death between uh, the relationship between the people and God, and there's death between the people uh, and creation. They're no longer in right relationship with each other. And so we need these, these fruit of the Spirit, especially in those uh, like, uh, personal relationships um, to, uh, to help us and to get us back into that right relationship that, um, that Genesis always tries to point us to. Um, it was interesting as I last last night I was doing some other things, but I was listening at, at one and a half speed to a bunch of the bunch of the sermons to try and catch up and hear just a snippet of, of what some of the other people said. And it was there's a few different people, not everyone, but a bunch of people said, Oh, this this fruit is essential or foundational. And it's like, no, they're all foundational. Like we, we need all of these different things because they all kind of work together and, uh, and build us up into who God has intended us to be. Yeah, uh, one of the pictures that comes to mind, because uh, one of the beautiful things about living here in Victoria is the springtime. Chelsea and I moved here from Alberta, and it was our first time experiencing all the fruit and the you know, fig trees and all that last year. And um, one of the things that comes to mind is this idea of flourishing. Uh, our world, whether you're a Christian or not religious, uh, we all care about human flourishing. And a flourishing tree is one that bears fruit and lots of fruit. Um, and good fruit, not rotting fruit, good fruit. We have a tree that grows apples outside of our window uh, in the neighbor's yards. So we can't take any of the apples. But, um, but just it's beautiful to look at because it's such a strong growing tree with such beautiful fruit growing on it. Um, and it just reminds me that when we abide in the life of God, that's when we flourish ourselves. And if you think of yourself as almost like a diamond, you are worth as much as a diamond. So that's a good uh, example. But also just in this in the sense of when you shine a light through a diamond, it disperses in a bunch of different colors. Um, and so when God's life is in us, it disperses itself in multiple ways. And that's what the fruit is. They're all foundational because they all are rooted in the life of God. And so in our different ways of relating to the world and relating to others, they all shine through in different colors. And that's where we get the different names for the different spirits. But really, it all comes back to the foundational thing. And that's the life and character of God in us that's being formed in us through God. Go, Mark. I, I just think... The, 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 the life and character of God formed in us, like it's beautiful. And, and I think, but is that where it ends? Like, I just think, like it, it's for the sake of relationship, for the sake of love, which is only expressed in relationship. Um, the, I always love um, pointing out uh, the longest running, one of the longest running studies ever done was done by Harvard University. It's called the Grant Study. If you've never looked at it, it's fabulous. And what the Grant study did is they took people in uh, the late 1930s and they said, we're just going to walk with these people and we're going to bring them in every few years. We're going to interview them. We're going to like drill into their life, figure out what makes life good, what makes people happy, like what, what is health outcomes about. And so they've just walked with people and um, there's, there's a good uh, TED talk on it as well. Um, but just if you go uh, and look at some of the research, it's like people with good relationships are happier. People with good relationships um, uh, live longer. Uh, people with good relationships have better health outcomes. Like it's, it's like you read it and there's this sense of, wow, it's almost like the whole earth was designed about people relating well because that's when they do well. And there's some weird things that they've discovered. Like men with really good relationships with their moms make more money. 
Like, it's like, I, I'm not sure how all of that works, but there's this, there's this, like, they discovered things. They, they took all of this information that they, they, they discovered over a period of 80 years and, and just analyzed it and researched it. And, and it was like amazing. It's like, okay, well, actually, that's exactly what I believe. Like, this, this seems to me to be really uh, obvious evidence of how God actually did create the world. We see that right from Genesis, but then we also see it day to day in our own lives and in the brokenness around us. Um, and, and, I, and, and to be fair, I don't think the fruit of the Spirit um, in the already not yet prevents relational difficulty, right? Like, it, I, this is not... This is not like if you live a good Christian life, you have easy living. It doesn't work that way. We see that in Jesus himself, who was perfect in all of these things. His life was hard. There were so many times where like, people abandoned him and walked away, and, and there were a faithful few. Where else would we go? Right? But right to the end, it was like these things do not make your life easy. In fact, they will be a magnet uh, for, for heartache and, and will encourage um, us to be vilified by, by people who do not see these things as good, by our culture, which, which kind of reviles some of these things. I talked about that last week in terms of the, the raising up of independence and of being free of constraint. And our family sees family as constraint and work as constraint and all of these things constrain us in ways we need to be free of. And it's like, we're, we're actually standing against that message. We're saying, no, no, these, these are gifts. And, and, and we need to prize these things and value these things. So um, I, just, I just think that, we, that it, when, I, when I take a step back and just look at this, I just think this, this is so obvious to me in the way that the world works, that this is, this is the linchpin. This is so critical. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to add, I think it's easy to disparage when we look in our life, my life in particular. I handled this relationship poorly. Or I've burned this bridge because I wasn't loving enough. And I think the thing in Christ is they bring dead things back to life. And so it's never too late, honestly, to go back to a relationship and say like, hey, can you forgive me or just make reparations? Because I think that's what we do (laughs) in the kingdom. It's dead things being resurrected fully. What it means to live a truly human life is that we're living in community with each other, even though it's going to be hard. Um, so I just want to encourage people, myself included, like, oh man, there are some people I, I should really ask for forgiveness or see how they're doing at the very least. Because I think sometimes when we, we're encouraging the fruit, we see our past and say, oh, I've excluded myself from being able to exemplify the fruit because my experiences have led me this way. But it, I, I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah, I love the idea of a relational God. And, and one of the cool things is about John Oswalt, who's an Old Testament uh, theologian and uh, critical scholar. He, he talks about how the idea of a relational God is unique to Judeo-Christian theology. Uh, we don't see it anywhere else in, in any other religion uh, other than the Abrahamic religions. And so uh, this idea that God is relational at his core in his nature, he, he chooses to be relational within the Trinity, but also 
also in participation with his creatures um, that he's created. Um, it's just so amazing that we're created in, in his image. And when we look at the narrative of the world, uh, we're increasingly becoming more individualistic uh, to an extreme degree. You know, before it was good, it was liberating to talk about how, you know, we're individuals and we can, we can choose and create our own destinies. And there's a liberating thing in that. But there's also this extremeness that we're seeing in our culture where we almost become, it, it's all about me. It's all about I. And in relationship, we see it when we treat each other as objects. Uh, you can be in relationship, but view the person you're in relationship with, with as a means to an end. Um, you know, I'm married to this person because this is what I get out of it. Or I am friends with this person because uh, Lucy and Luke just invited Chelsea and us over and made us like this huge bed and breakfast, like amazing brunch. Like it literally was professional. It was so amazing. So Lucy and Luke, props to you uh, if you're watching. But uh, like I, I prayed in my prayer and it was like a silly thing. I was just like, thanks for the perks of being friends with Lucy and Luke, God. <laughs> but that's kind of how we view relationships in a sense in this individualistic world. Um, and that's not necessarily what God's called us to. He's got, called us to be in relationship and see one another as also made in the image of God, also as just as important as ourselves and uh, as a subject, not an object. Makes me think that all, all of that names, this is like, this is, so at the, this is at the core. It's what you're saying. This is at the core. This is at the core. And how often we think about learning the Christian life as learning to read your Bible, learning to pray, which are, are the things that teach us how to live the Christian life. But that life that we're called into, like if we're going to do a, a five-week series on the basics of the Christian life, one of them has to be the fruit of the Spirit <laughs> or living like Jesus. Um, because ultimately those disciplines that we always go back to are ultimately about knowing, being known by, loving, being loved by. Um, I, I, I've been, this past year, um, many of us know uh, the, the late, the work of John Stott uh, through his writing, Bible teaching. Um, and last year I read, uh, actually Aaron and I both read somewhat of a biography on, on John Stott's ministry and life and influence on the evangelical world. And somewhere along the way in my reading of his books over the years, I realized that he, every single day, Johnson had a deep, a, he loved Jesus and he authentically lived in Jesus. He's one of those people where his uh, study assistants over the years would say, you know, you always are told, like, don't meet your heroes. But John Stott was one of those people who really lived on his knees before Christ, really saw Christ and represented Christ and showed Christ to the people closest to him in a humbling way. Um, and it makes me want to learn from him. And he had a deep sense that he was broken and he was a sinner and Jesus was so good to him. And every single day, he got on his knees, literally got on his knees, and he prayed a prayer. I'll read it for you. He says, Almighty and everlasting God. So he prays through the Trinity. Almighty and everlasting Father, creator and sustainer of all things, I worship you. Lord Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord of the world, I worship you. Holy Spirit, sanctifier of the people of God, I worship you. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and evermore, shall be world without end, amen. He was an Anglican, there's liturgy there. Then he said, Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day your fruit may ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
holy, blessed, and glorious God, have mercy on me. Amen. And head into his day. Every day. Because this is life. That's <laughs> what we need. Um, I got to add as well, I am struck as I think about, I wish I'd been able to be a part of this series. Oh, I just would love to have uh, been in it. And, but I am struck as I think about these two as not just, not just these core um, dynamics of God's life that need to grow in us, but they're also themselves a revelation of how God is toward us, that God is. We have these ideas in our mind that God is like always angry with us or disappointed or frustrated or impatiently like, get your act together. And God is toward you, loving, joyful. That one just like, I was stunned when we sat together as a study group that God is at his core fundamentally joyful toward us. That's like, that is so outside of my framework sometimes. Peace. God is seeking reconciliation. He's not just angry with us about our messes, but he is seeking to restore us. All of them, they're just a picture of how God is toward us. And that's, that's healing itself. Yeah. And, and I think we also need to continue to be open to um, figuring out what those look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to squeeze into my sermon. I didn't have time, but like Jesus clearing out the temple. That's why you wanted the second Sunday. I, I wanted the so second you could Sunday. Add in your bits. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Jesus clearing out the temple. Like this is Jesus self-controlled, right? But we wouldn't necessarily think of that. So, yeah, the, it, it, there's there's plenty more to think about in terms of what does God look like in exemplifying these things and, and to really study Jesus' life and to think, ah, oh, wow, what, what all was going on here with the, with the fruit of the Spirit in Jesus at this moment? It's powerful. We have, we have seven questions on our page and about 10 more minutes, so uh, <laughs> that was a great first question, Mark. Thank you. So I'll just throw out what some of them are and I'm going to let you jump into what you want to jump into. So... Um, Where do we see a need, maybe uniquely, see a need for the fruit of the Spirit in the life of the church? What are some obstacles to the church, us, me and us, growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Um, And how does this impact the witness of the church? Where do the fruit of the Spirit play into um, our desire for our friends and neighbors and family to see Jesus and fall for Jesus. Go go wherever you want to go on that. Yeah. I think of, sorry, we're still stuck in Genesis because we just spent so long preparing for it, so it's there. But I remember when the Spirit, Father God, breathes life into humankind. We are created in the image of God. He calls us the icon in Greek. And so we are actually representing Christ as people interact with us. And so I think like, how we uh, move in the world, um, what is our characteristics, how we interact with other people, that is Christ's breath in others. And so I think it's imperative that we need to be growing in the fruit. And fruit singular, not just, I know we've, the series has dissected it so that we can understand more, what does it mean? Because Paul just makes a really long list and I get 
um, intimidated sometimes, and I see it as a checklist of, okay, I need to work on patience, but I think I have self-control, you know, um, but rather than dissecting it, it's a holistic, all of these things to be God's image in the world is what it means to walk faithfully and, yeah, to live that out well. And, and I think the key thing is it's like, it's the fruit of the spirit. It's like, how are we in connection with the spirit? Um, I think it's very, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to talk about my, my tradition. Like I grew up at a Mennonite church and, and it was a very, okay, we talk about Jesus and we talk about God the Father and the spirit is present, but we don't want to talk about talk about the spirit too much um but and i think there has been you know it's it's easy to see times when people abuse that and use it to excess but we need to be um having a better understanding of who uh, what is the spirit who is the spirit how does that um dwell in my life and how does that um be manifested into um into the church body um which, which, let me jump on that. That is part of what Paul's getting at in Galatians. Like, I was, I was reading Ephesians. In Paul's shorter epistles, he always kind of gets into some of the same thing, themes about how sin is uh, breaking out in our lives and in our relationships and our communities. And he describes it always as a list. And then he gives practical counsel. So if you, you know, have been someone who has uh, quick hands, stealing things, you should use your hands to work for good and contribute something to the community. He gives this very practical Here's what you need to do. If you're, you've been using your words to cut people down, now use your words to build others up. Let nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth. It's not to stop swearing. It's let nothing unwholesome. Use your words to build others up, right? Very practical. But in Galatians, he's saying to them, you have made this all about what you do. And so he has this unique emphasis where he, call, he describes all this, the fruit of the Spirit, that you are called to action, but there's a, an invitation into a living dependence upon God to be doing something far more than what you can generate on your own. And I love that. Like this, Galatians really is pulling us into, this isn't just about becoming better people and trying to be better this year. This is about us living hand in hand with a God who is great and good and beautiful and loving. And and as we walk with him, keep in step with him, he grows us in us. Jump there's, a, there's something in that that really scares me. Hmm. Um, what do you mean? That, uh, my sense of, of who God wants us to relate with hmm. in many ways is be open to everyone. I think sometimes, you, you, one of your questions earlier was where, where does the church sometimes get this wrong? And sometimes I think we can be, we can be very um, narrow in terms of these are the people I relate with. I relate with these people, I relate with these people, I go to church, I only relate with these people. And, um, and, and I'm certainly like that as well, uh, and I've been trying to cultivate an openness of how, how do I get myself to a place where I'm actually open to a relationship of depth with everybody. Now, obviously, I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm certainly not Jesus, and I, he didn't even do that. But there is this place of dependence on Jesus, uh, walking with the Spirit, and, and I'm hoping at some point, I'll kind of get near there of, of just being open to go deep with anybody anytime, like just being open to the spirit of, 
of uh, how can how can I how can I be the presence of Jesus to this person at this time, and 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 to do it when I'm not thinking of it, to do it when it's out of the box, to do it when I'm not today I'm going to do this, but just to be caught off guard by it, and somehow for the Spirit to be able to work through me in that response. And 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 I'm I'm scared by that, I guess, because it feels overwhelming, like that that sense of am I ready to really trust the Spirit that deeply where I'm willing just to be open and vulnerable and present to anyone. Um, I, I think that's a, a hard, for me it feels like that's a hard thing, but I also have a sense of um, we, need, we need to be more of that to each other, to, to be, for, for, for new people to come to the church and, and realize this is a place where it's not just the same people hanging out together, but people are really relational outside of their friendship groups as well. It's, we're we're in we're in, in investing in newness of relationship, which can be exhausting. So there is like ah, there's a balance there, and, and that's part of the struggle. We we can't be everything to everybody, but uh, I don't know. That's my wrestle. We are at the time we need to, to come to the end. So let's, but I, I, we, you guys all could have done your own sermon today. That's the challenge. Uh, and then I'm a preacher, so I could do. Um, so it's not, it's, it's land the plane. So land Amy, plane. give us your, your closing kernel that, that's sticking with you. As, sticking with me. In this conversation, or maybe just as you think about the fruit. And we'll just go through. Give us your. I think in but, remark of Mark's hesitation or um, is that we have the Holy Spirit, which is the advocate right? Where as we seek to be in faithful covenant with the triune God, God is so faithful that he will see us through these. It feels like we're at our limit and the spirit will advocate for us, will empower us, will help us witness, will also let us have good boundaries of we're tired. So yeah, it's okay to go away as Jesus Christ went away to commune with the father and the spirit. And so I think it's just the wrestling of faithful obedience, but also don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> at the end of the day. I think we, we want to be so faithful that we forget joy and, and love and just fun. <laughs> I think the triune God loves fun too. So, yeah. yeah. It's hard to top what my lovely wife said, but um, yeah, I think my big thing is taking away that, yeah, these are all kind of one fruit. Like, um, the, 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 the list of uh, sexual immorality and all the things that are above it are, like, divisive, and they are separate, separate things that create things. But um, the, the fruit of the Spirit is just, like, one thing that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit to be um, having, having this, this fruit um, to be sharing with others. Yeah, I have two things. They're really quick. They're really quick, I promise you. Yeah, two halves. I make a hole. Um, the, fr- the first thing is that none of us are experts, and I don't want anyone, to, like, I know we're up here on the stage, we've got lights on us, we've got microphones, but I'm not up here because I'm an expert. I'm up here because I need these fruit more in my life. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just don't take away that we're here telling you how to live this life because <laughs> we're, we're, we're in it with you in the mud trying to figure it out. Um, and then the second thing is, I, I, you know, be 
because I'm a pastor, uh, I, I have this, you know, different understanding of the church. Um, but I think from an outsider's perspective, sometimes we come to church and we look at it as, what can I get out of church? I come here to listen to Scott, who's an amazing preacher. Um, and because the music's great, and that's because my wife's on the band. No, I'm kidding. Um, and, and, you know, we come for these things. And then sometimes when those things aren't there, uh, we go, okay, well, I'm going to go look for another church. Um, even with the community aspect, sometimes we enter into a Bible study or a small group and we're like, okay, well, there's some drama or I'm not really getting anything out of this, so I'm going to go find another church or another group to be a part of. But we never ask the question, what do I bring? <laughs> what does this church need that I have? Uh, you know, when I think of the youth ministry here, you know, you're right there, so I, I'm going to point to you. Um, but, uh, or an Ava, she's somewhere, there she is, um, or a Carter, like, they all bring something to the youth group that makes youth group what it is, and they all bring something different, but it's all shiny, it all comes back to, to this life of God in this place, um, and we get to per- participate together in it. So, I, I see some faces that I'm assuming are new today, and, uh, or I just haven't met you, but if you're here for the first time, or maybe the second time, and, and you're kind of thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm getting some stuff out of this, that's great, but uh, I just want to challenge you with the question, and all of us, really, what do you bring to this church? Um, because that's, that's the fruit of the Spirit, as, as uh, we were told in the series over and over again, the fruit is to be eaten and enjoyed together. Um, I, I just think this is good news. This is good news. This is a free gift from God. Like, we believe in faith, and then he's like, hey, uh, how about I help you with your relationships in your life every day? How does that sound? It's like, yes, please. I can't do it without you. So th- this is good news. We can, we can't, yeah, we need to enjoy it together. Mark, would you lead us in prayer? Lord, uh, you are amazing, and um, we want to receive this gift that you are offering us. We want your spirit to dwell within us, and for us to, um, even as a dirty mirror, somehow reflect the, the fruit of your spirit, the, the character of Jesus. And um, Lord, many of us just need to sit and receive. We've, we, we, me, uh, many of us work too hard and try to, try to make the fruit grow and ripen and, and it's, it doesn't work. We exhaust ourselves and we need to sit with you and receive all of these gifts, all of this fruit and, uh, and let, let you transform us. Um, Lord, uh, so my prayer is that we would do that. We would make time for that. We would be intentional, not, not that through our effort we, we accomplish anything, but through our lack of uh, effort, just through our intention and, and desire to be with you, that you do your work in us and through us. In Jesus' name.